half. But like I said, doing something a little different. We got, we're going to all make, to uh, make points on what we're talking about. And we're doing something um, a little weird. We're going to be doing relationship hacks with a Netflix twist. All right? So kind of the concept here is we're going to take shows that really all of us have binge watched at some point on Netflix, and we're going to pull out you know, something that we found within that show and apply it to our relationships. Okay, is that cool? You know, and, and one thing I've got, uh, gotten out of the series so far is that um, just the value that is in community. And when I think about it, back in, the, uh, back in the day, you know, we talk about in Genesis when God created the heavens and the earth and then he rested. What was the first problem he really came into? It was that man, it's not good for man to be alone, right? It's not good for man to be alone. And so he then created a companion, right, for him to be, a, for, for there to be community outside of just God and, and human, but to have community within a relationship, a marriage relationship, a friendship relationship, a church community relationship, um, a community to, sorry, the church to the community relationship, things of that nature. And I think it's, uh, I think it's extreme value in that. And I think it's very important that we notice that that was one of the first things that was done for a human was to provide a companion. And that if we are thinking we can operate outside of relationships, I think we're fooling ourselves, right? We need, we're stronger, we're better together, right? And we operate best in those relationships, right? So we're gonna start it off with Pastor Kaisa. We'll roll right into these, uh, these, uh, these relationship hacks with a Netflix twist. So go ahead, babe, take it over. All right, so I just have to tell you all that our seven-year-old daughter was sitting in here for the 10 o'clock service. She gave me some feedback. So she, she, she gave us all feedback. She actually gave she us all feedback. She was in the feedback. car ride home saying, now, Caitlin needs to do this. You need to do this, Daddy. <laughs> but what she told me was that I can't have my phone off to the side that I need to hold it. So if I do both, you know why, okay? I'm trying to hear my daughter's voice in my head while we go along here. <laughs> but relationship hack number one is going to be brought to us by the show Friends. And... Relationship hack number one is have one, okay? Have one. I know it's like mic drop, let's go, it's time to go. Um, but here's the thing. I think that in our society today, we get so busy with all of the many, many things that are ahead of us that our friends tend to take a back seat. And I think even as Christ followers, it's worse because just what Pastor Seth was saying is that we think sometimes, oh, well, I, as long as I have God, I don't necessarily need my friends, or it's okay that this season my friends aren't nearly as strong or aren't, aren't in my life as much. But the reality is, is that we need them. They're important to our life and health, as we'll see. The verse I wanted to share with you is Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, and it says, Two are better than one, for if they fall, one will lift up the other. And before I became a pastor and came on staff at the well, I was in um, education and counseling. And so I kind of geek out on any kind of research that has to do with why we behave the way that we behave. Welcome okay? to my life. <laughs> yes, he gets all of these all of the time. <laughs> but it's so awesome because it talks about our physical health actually being impacted by the friends that we have in our life. And so I want to read you a few of these studies that I found. And it says, uh, recent studies have shown a lack of social interaction with people you care about and who care about you not only leads to loneliness, but is also linked to a range of harmful physical effects. 
So in other words, a lack of close friendships is hazardous to our health, okay? A more recent study found a biological response to loneliness that triggers disease. According to the researchers, social isolation sets off a cellular chain reaction that increases inflammation and suppresses the body's immune system. And then get this one. There, were, there was a study, a 75-year-old study, that studied 724 men and their physical health and social habits. And the study's director said, the clearest message that we get from this 75-year study is this. Good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. Socially disconnected people are less happy, their health declines earlier in midlife, and their brain functioning declines. Isn't that crazy? So friends are good for our health, right? Not just the total of friends that we have on Facebook or Instagram. Meaningful, deep relationships where we can lay ourselves out there in the mess, be real and vulnerable and raw with each other. It matters to our health, right? All right, so one of the things that I was thinking about in regards to this is we need encouragers in our lives, right? We need people to encourage us and challenge us. And one of the things that I was thinking about is that I'm, I'm not super good at encouraging myself, right? I can, I can turn on worship music and I can lift my spirit, but I can't really draw out in myself to encourage myself. But I think that's the place of a friend. That's the place of people in our lives that can draw out the things that I don't readily see, right? Even if they're weird and crazy, Phoebe and Joey, right? We need friends in our lives that will encourage us and challenge us. So, Pastor... Pastor Caitlin, who is your encourager in your life? Who's your go-to? So my go-to would be my sister, and she doesn't live here, so we're just on FaceTime all the time. We just FaceTime each other, whatever we're doing, changing diapers, hanging out with the kids, talk about deep things, silly things. So I think you're exactly right. Just those close connections mean so much. We need them. So, yes, my show that we're going to be talking about is Tidy Up. Have some people who watch the show, yes? Um, and the relationship hack that we're going to talk about, no, we don't have anyone organized in here. No one's organized. Come on, Cynthia. Okay. Come on, who watches Tidy Up? Be honest. It's super weird. <laughs> okay, so all your guys' homework after this, go home, watch the show, clean your house, okay? Um, so the relationship hack that I got from this is show a little respect and spark joy. It's kind of a two-part thing. So if... Obviously, you guys don't know what the show is, so I'll have to tell you a little bit about it. There's this professional organizer. She's the cutest little lady ever. And she goes into these people's houses who are just disorganized, chaotic. Their life's in shambles, like borderline hoarder situations over here. Just They don't have any sort of function in the things that they're using on a day-to-day -day basis. And so she goes in and she just shows them like great little tips and tidbits of how to organize their house and make it functional. Just things that just blow your mind. It's great. I promise you. You'll love it. It's awesome. I even convinced my husband to watch it with me. <laughs> and we like went through this stage where we went through every single like closet and drawer and we're like taking everything out and you're only allowed to keep things that like spark joy in your heart. So like we had like six bags that were like donated and thrown away. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so yes. Um, 
what I love, though, about this show is something that she does before she even starts the organizational process. She comes to their house, and admit, uh, just in the midst of all the chaos, all the things that are happening, before she does anything, she finds a spot, and she sits down, and she has the family thank the house with her. And my husband's over here, like, giggling. He's like, why are they thanking the house? Like, this is so weird. And I'm over here, like, crying, like, this is so emotional. This is great. Like, <laughs> and it's a sweet moment. Like, it's a sweet moment because they, in the midst of their dysfunction of their family, like, it really affects these people's family and their way of life, they're thanking the house. And she just has them thank it for simple things, like, thank you for providing shelter. We don't live outside. Like, thank you for, you know, just being here for us all these years. Thank you for providing a place for our kids to be born in and a place that, you know, we can have dinners together. And just these simple things that bring us back to reality of, like, gratitude. And that's something that I think is missing so many times in our relationships, especially the close ones, is that we get into this zone of, like, family and your marriage and your mom and your dad and whoever, and you're just, you're just, you take them for granted. It's like they're just here. Um, but really, I feel like that gratitude changes so many things. Like, we, we just, and a lot of times it can kind of turn into not just not having gratitude, but almost resenting. Because we are, we're expecting these people to be all these things for us, but we're not honoring them for what they are in our life. And so a big thing that she, a thing that she's really big on is finding a place and a purpose for each item in your house and how much better your life runs when each thing has a place and a purpose. And so I think that's what we need to ask God of, of the relationships in our life. Like, show me the place and show me the purpose that this person has for me and, and that I have for them and, and show me how I'm to honor them. How do I honor them? Not for what they're not giving me. Like, you weren't here for me. You, you weren't doing this for me. You weren't doing that for me. No, what are they to you? And honor them for that. Thank yeah. them. Yeah. And so if you're seated next to a friend or next to a family member, I want you to turn to them and thank them for something. If you're not, you can take out your phone, text your mom, text your mom, text your dad, text your sibling. Like, say thank you. Be specific. Say something great. Thanks, babe, for holding the baby. Appreciate you. <laughs> So I just think that that just this attitude of gratitude needs to be something that is. You they're guys are they're just, still thanking they, people. They're thanking. Yeah, they're thanking. They're so thankful. Just keep on going. So thankful. It's awesome. Love it. Um, yeah. So this attitude of gratitude in our friendships is something that I think will really change the environment and change the atmosphere of your relationships. And it's something that will go a really long way of just practicing that daily, like. What are they to me? Like, I know that when me and Andrew first got married, I was, like, expecting him to do everything and be everything for me. Like, you need to be all-encompassing everything for me. And that's not reality. Like, one person doesn't have the capacity to be that in your life. That's Jesus. Like, he's the one who's going to be that. Like, you may have different people in different seasons, different people in different times, different people in different arenas of your life. Um, And not holding that against them for what they're not, but honoring them for what they are. And so um, I think that that really flows into her, her little statement that's just everywhere. You, you have to know this. Spark Joy. Has anyone heard this? Spark Joy on the Internet. Everyone? Anyone? No? No? Cynthia again. Thank you, Cynthia. Yes. Everyone give it up for Cynthia. <laughs> oh, Abby, thank you. <laughs> so, 
um, she has this little thing that you're not allowed to keep anything in your house unless it sparks joy. And so how she describes sparking joy is that feeling that you get when you hold like a puppy or a kitten. Like it's just this, it gives you the warm fuzzies and she makes this little noise, she says ching. And so if it gives you that feeling of ching, you're allowed to keep it. And so that just gave me, that just got me thinking um, of just surrounding ourselves with people who spark joy in our lives, people that have that positivity and um, are causing that joy in our life. But not only that, asking ourselves, am I sparking joy in the relationships around me? Am I bringing out that joy factor? Am I honoring them by bringing joy, by having fun? Like with our relationships and our marriages and with our kids, it's so easy to forget about the fun, forget about making things fun and forget about bringing joy to them. So just as you're going about your week, think about how am I thanking people and how am I bringing them joy? And so um, I have a verse here, and I believe if Marie Kondo could write a verse, this would be the verse. It's Romans 12:10. you know, those are the things that happen. Um, but it just really sums it up very short and sweet. On It's basically just like a roadmap of how to have good relationships, how to honor the people in your relationships, and how to bring joy. And so this just sums everything up here, Romans 12:10, And it says, love each other deeply, honor others more than yourself. Never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive. Serve the Lord. When you hope, be joyful. When you suffer, be patient. When you pray, be faithful. Share with God's people who are in need. Welcome others into your home. Bless those who hurt you. Bless them and do not call down curses on them. Be joyful with those who are joyful. Be sad with those who are sad. Agree with each other. Don't be proud. Be willing to be a friend of people who aren't considered important. Don't think that you are better than others. Don't pay evil for evil. Be careful to do what everyone thinks is right. If possible, live with peace with everyone. Do that as much as you can. So that's just a simple roadmap if you're wondering, am I honoring my relationships? Am I being, um, am I having the attitude of gratitude? Am I sparking joy? Go to Romans 12.10. So I have a question for you, Seth, as you've been sitting up here. Do those shoes spark joy (laughs) in your life? Let's get to the real deal. Let's talk about the real stuff tonight. Literally, I put them on and went ding. And I was like, yes. Um, Actually, a friend of mine gave me these shoes. And I thought it was really cool that he gave them to me. Um, And it says G-O-E, God over everything. And I was like, man, that's that's really cool. So I got to rock these, you know, uh, today. So it did spark joy. Hopefully it's brought a little joy, you know, to everybody. Um, Marie Kondo is just weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just weird. But uh, so, so, so the show that I'm going to talk about and my uh, relationship hack with a Netflix twist is going to be Storage Wars. Have you guys heard of Storage Wars? Yes, I got some Storage Wars people out there that are excited about this. Um, I remember Kaisa and I used to watch this show, oh, it had to be like eight, nine years ago when we lived in Phoenix. Um, we, would, um, we would binge it. Honestly, we would back to back. I don't. We had no life. I don't know what was going on. Um, but we watched this, and, I, and, and if you don't know Storage Wars, it's basically it is a competition show um, to where you have you have these storage lockers that eventually, when someone will stop paying for this locker after a certain amount of time, it'll go out to auction, and none of these people that come to bid for this storage locker actually know what's inside the locker. They kind of get this uh, perimeter 
you know, that they can kind of look into. They can't actually walk in. They can't move anything. They can't see anything. And so they're all bidding. You know, uh, the highest bidder obviously gets the storage locker. And I always found it funny that people are so competitive and start playing this comparison game, like to really who has the most money and who's most willing to throw away a lot of money just for at a chance at a treasure. That's somebody that, yes, if I had something extremely valuable and stored up in a locker somewhere, I'm just gonna somehow forget about it, you know, and not pay for it and wander away. But, you know, they, they do find some good things, you know. Um, so that, that's the premise of the story. But it, 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 it just kind of always got me how, like, this competitive nature, you know, that would battle, and then this comparison game that I got this and I'm better than you are in this area. And, and I was thinking about this as far as a comparison game, how dangerous that is um, when it comes to our relationship and how dangerous it, is, dangerous it is when it comes to, you know, our inner self-worth. And, and what I find with relationships are that if I'm healthy, odds are my relationships are going to be healthy. And I know that other people have a, a playing factor into that, of course. But I, I, I tend to think that if I'm working on myself and if I'm uh, developing my relationship with God and I'm able to create something healthy to put out there, odds are that health will be drawn to that and God will guide that and that he will, he will watch over that and then I'll be in healthy relationships together. I think when we, when we doubt ourselves in this comparison game, we doubt our talents and the things that God, have, God has given us, we're ultimately doubting him, the one who created us, right? Psalms, um, where's my Psalms? Psalms 139, 13 through 15 says, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. So if that doesn't tell me that I have an intentional God, I don't know what will. God is intentional in the way that he made you, right? God is intentional in everything he does. And if I could be so bold, he doesn't mess up. He doesn't make mistakes. And so ultimately, when we start comparing ourselves in a negative way, especially to other people, and saying how I'm not that good, or I'm not, I don't have that much money, or look at that car, look at that talent, look how good that other drummer is, speaking from experience, look how good that other singer is, look how good that preacher is, that teacher is, oh, that coworker is, then I'm all ultimately doubting the power of God, you know, on my life. I... Uh, I think it's very valuable to know who you are. It's more valuable to know whose you are. And, and knowing whose you are calls you in that line with that power from God that can then flow out of you. And it just it, it, it strengthens you. It guides you. It can walk through all your relationship battles and woes. Um, I think of it this way. I, I know there's some people um, that, that I've met, none in this area, not in this room. Uh, you know, long time ago, back in Phoenix and stuff. Um, but, you know, it just seemed like they would go from toxic relationship to toxic relationship, right? And it's always toxic. And at some point, I'm like, it might be you. You know? It just, it just, it just, it might be you, right? It might be me if my, if my relationship isn't going well. I, I, before I was a pastor, I was in the corporate world. And I got the, not the joy, it was the agony of having to lay people off every once in a while. And I had run, one rule 
before I fired somebody, and that was I would look in the mirror and see if there was something that I could have done to prevent myself from having to fire this person. And, and sometimes it was like, I, I, I can't do this because I have messed you up. I've done something here that, that has not caused you or put you in the best position to succeed, right? So I think, uh, I think that's how we need to look at ourselves in our relationship, is look at re- relationships. And this isn't just marital relationships. This is friendship relationships. This is church relationships um, in our communities that we find ourselves in at work. This is to strengthen us in all those types of relationships, is to look at a healthy you. When I think about comparison, I, I think about the parable of the talents, right? The master gave five talents to one servant. He gave two talents to another servant and one to the last servant. The one with five talents went off and multiplied those talents. The one with two talents went off, multiplied those talents. The one with one talent buried his talent and then only returned to the master that one talent. And then the master looked down upon him, right, for not multiplying that talent. Notice that the master didn't look down on him for the talent that he gave him. Right? He wasn't looked down upon for the talent that he got. He was looked down upon for the talent that he returned. I am not responsible for your talent. You are not responsible for my talent. I'm not responsible to be as good as Stephen on the drums. I'm responsible to be as good as God has called me to be in my areas. Right? And so we need to make sure that we are looking at that and knowing that we can be confident in who God has called us to be in the talents that he's given us, taking those talents that he gave us, not comparing it to anything, but comparing it to what God might call us to use those talents for, right? And then drawing those talents out and using them to the best of our ability. And I think when you're able to walk confidently in your talent, in your calling, in everything that you're meant to be on this earth, you will have those relationships. They will be healthy. They will be loving. You will draw the best out of people right, when you do those things. And so don't think of it as like, I'm getting in these relationships to have somebody to fix me, you know? I think that's such a secular mentality. When you say, uh, when when someone breaks up with somebody and they say something like, well, she or he just, they, they just weren't good for me, right? That is such a secular mentality for me. Were you good for them? And I know I'm being very, very challenging right now. That's my spirit. That's what comes out of me oftentimes. I was joking with Chris earlier. He's like, man, everybody was so fun and all this stuff. And then you get up there and you're just like, Dah! you know, <laughs> right across the face. I'm like, sorry, bro. That's what comes out of me. So that, I just want to encourage you to develop that relationship with God. Know whose you are. Know whose you are. And all that will flow out of that. Right? And he will flow through you out of that. All right? And so I'm going to still... Something from Pastor Jason. Everybody say number four. Number four. Pastor Caitlin. Hey. <laughs> All right. So you guys have to know the show. If you guys don't know, Fixer Upper, I'm going to feel really sad right now. Oh, Fixer yeah. Upper. Oh, Fixer yeah. Upper. Okay. Got a few more fans in the house. Yes. Now this. Yes. Ship lap. Yes. Uh, Fixer Upper. All-time favorite. Okay. Hands down. All-time favorite show. Uh, my relationship hack from this is some relationships are a bit of a Fixer Upper. It's true. 
So this show, Chip and Joanna, pretty much are just goals. That's the husband and wife, if you haven't watched it, if you're that sad person out there who hasn't watched it, I'm so sorry. They're husband and wife team, and they fix up houses. Their goal is to find the worst house in the best neighborhood. That's what they, they try to do, and they renovate it. They make it beautiful. They cover everything in shiplap. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful. Um, so yeah, they're pretty much goals. If you want to know how to have a great relationship, go watch them. It's wonderful. I'm done. Just kidding. <laughs> There's a relationship series yeah, right that's there. It. Just watch. Just Chip and Joe. Um, so what I really love about these shows is they they show families who are looking for a house. Um, they'll go through these dilapidated houses, and they'll Joe is the wife. She'll walk through and she'll show them these houses. I'm telling you, they're crazy. Like. The roof is falling in, there's no windows, there's always a dead animal, like it, they stink. <laughs> they're awful homes, like they're really bad. And they, she walks them through and she's describing these like grand things. She's like, and over here we have a beautiful island and to your left there's just, you know, these wide windows with just beautiful drapes hanging down and hardwood floors and these people are just like looking like, not seeing this like what are you seeing and the way that she's able to envision what could be and the potential that the, that these homes have is incredible and so when I'm thinking about that and I'm looking at relationships I feel like a lot of times in our lives there can be relationships that just seem too far gone they seem dead they seem like there's no life they're not livable they're not worth our time anymore and I feel like God wants to speak vision into those relationships again. He wants to breathe life into them. He wants to, um, he has a plan and a purpose. And so I feel like a lot of times we need to just pray and ask God, like, give me your vision for what this relationship is supposed to look like. Let me see the potential that you have. And now single people, I'm not talking about that cute boy who walked in. You're like, he has potential. Yes. Like, no, 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 no. Like, we're not talking about that. We are talking about relationships that you're in already, <laughs> the ones that have, you know, the spark has gone out a little bit. And so I just think that that's really important, that, that there's potential in things that seem too far, God, too far gone. And our God is the God of impossible. He's the, the God of new things, of new life. And it reminds me of the verse um, Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. And it says, this is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea, a path through raging waters, who brings out the chariot and the horse, the army the, and the mighty one together. They lie down and they do not rise again. They are extinguished and put out like a wick. He says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So our God is the God of the impossible. He's the God of, of changing things that look like there's no way. He's that God. And this is, this is needless to say, in the show, they don't just put up a coat of paint. They don't just change out a couch and call it good. Like, this takes work. So I'm not going to lie to you. Like, seeing a relationship turn around, it's going to take work. Yeah. It's not just going to be one conversation or one date night or one text to your mom who you haven't talked to in nine years. Like, it's going to take time. Yeah. It's going to take work. Like, Chip's favorite word is demo day. Like, some yeah. things are going to have to be torn out. Some, sometimes they have to lift the entire house and reset the foundation. Like, some work is going to have to happen, and I'm not going to lie to you about that. But through God's power and in his strength, we can do it. Yeah. We can do it. We can put in the hard work. We can put in the hours, the sweat and the tears. It's not overnight, and, um, but through 
through his strength, we can do it. And so I'm just encouraged, and I love that. I love that our God is a God of the impossible. I love that, that we can ask him to give him his vision for our relationships and give, him, give us his strength to see it happen. So just thinking about Chip and Joe, Pastor Kaisa, who is Chip and who is Joe over here? <laughs> well, Seth is definitely Chip, but I'd have to say that he is a feisty version of Chip. <laughs> <laughs> do you like breaking things yes that is true that is true all right are you guys ready for the last one relationship hack number five is uh with a little help from the show fuller house and it is the door is always open okay so if those of you who may or may not know fuller house um it is based around this woman named dj who is a spinoff show from a show called Full House, and she grew up in that show. This show is her adulthood, follows her kids and her siblings as adults. Who doesn't know Full House? Fuller House? Full Fuller House. House? Oh, Full, Full House. House. Yeah. Anybody? Full House? Okay, so Fuller House is a spinoff from Full House. But one of the things that DJ says when people knock on the door is, the door is always open. And I was thinking about that in regards to our relationships as Christ followers and whether or not we live with that mentality. Are we okay saying no matter the time of day, no matter the situation, no matter the mud or the baggage, are we available to the people in our lives? Okay. So Colossians 4.2 says, pray diligently, stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ. And Seth and I have this eight-month-old golden doodle who we might need a puppy intervention, okay? <laughs> he has chewed everything in our house. We have uh, paw claw marks on our kitchen table now from him going after a stick of butter. <laughs> He got it and ate the whole thing. He likes to show us that he can chase his tail all of the time, but he's 55 pounds, guys. He's not small. And so he was supposed to be a mini. We did not get a mini. That was a lie. (laughs) That was a lie. But Seth and I have this ongoing conversation about whether or not it is most convenient to have the door open for him so that he can run in and out as he pleases, right? He's going to go do his business. He can come back and show us that he can chase his tail. Or do we have the closed door policy with him where we have to get up and open the door every single time? I'm for the closed door. Yes. That is I killed a spider the door. like that big. <laughs> and I know it got in because of him. <laughs> I have no doubt. So I feel like there are pros and cons to each, right? Like with the closed door, you still have to get up and let them in. But with the open door, we get flies and we get nuisances and we get inconveniences and we get the heat of the day coming in and our AC bill goes up and there's all of these challenges, right? But I wonder if we wrestle with the same things with our friends where it's like, how much exposure am I going to give them? right? Am I going to have a closed door policy where I get to control things or am I going to have a crack or am I going to have an open door where no matter what, I'm available and I'm open? And I think if we're honest, it seems like it would be easier if we just lock the door and maybe deadbolt it and maybe even latch it, 
right? So that when people knock on the door of our hearts, we can control the damage and the hurt and the pain that is brought to us and those we love. But the reality is, is that as Christ followers, we've been called to live open-handedly with open doors so that no matter what is happening, we are available because Jesus, the one who extended the greatest open door policy to us to know him and to know his love and his goodness, that's why we get to live with the same open door policy with those in our lives. It doesn't mean that it won't be without pain, okay? I'd like to tell you there's no pain, but living exposed and in an open door where, where people get to come as they are, no matter the time of the day, with hurt and pain, and they don't know where to turn, but they know that you are faithful and that you've been consistent in their life is an example of who God is to us right? And so I just want to challenge us tonight that we would be people that would say, the door's always open. Good? All right, Pastor Caitlin. I love that. I love that. Just, I feel like it just sums everything up and ties it up that not only does God have an open door policy with us, he wants to have an open, he wants us to have an open door policy with him. And so if you guys just want to stand with